Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 241. Just hard work. Hard work always pays off. Nothing is easy. There's no such thing as a get-rich-quick scheme. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I am so excited to introduce a very special guest, Bodie Stroud. Bodie, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? God, I hope so. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it sounds like we're going to be moving pretty fast. So. Well, we'll have some fun here. And, you know, with the cars you build, yeah, we're going to be going fast, something you're really used to. <laughs> so uh, really great to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Bodie Stroud is the CEO and founder of Bodie Stroud Industries in Sun Valley, California. He and his talented team design, build, and fabricate cars, trucks, custom chassis, and suspension components. His work spans over 20 years, and his designs and builds have earned the Ford Design Award, Best of Show at SEMA. Bodie was the co-host on Travel Channel's Rock My RV with Brett Michaels, and he was featured on Speed Channel's Hot Rod TV, where his work on Tim Allen's 1968 Copo Camaro was chronicled. He's built cars for Johnny Depp, Johnny Knoxville, and Tim Allen, along with a host of other enthusiasts. So, Bodie, I've told our listeners just a little about you. Would you take a moment... And share a little bit more about your history, your business, and your passion for automobiles. Yeah, I mean, you know, it started out when I was a kid. My dad and all his buddies used to have these big, you know, giant 57 Chevys. And I remember sitting in the seat just staring at the big old dash with all the chrome. <laughs> and and he had his uh, 56 uh, pan head. And they all had bikes and they all had hot rods and we're always fixing them up and in the garage and yeah. racing them. And, uh, so that was a big part of my childhood. And then, um, you know, later in, on in life, when I turned 16 and was able to get my driver's license, well, you know, that was after the, the fact of taking my dad's truck out for joyrides and getting <laughs> stuck out in the wash for buying it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I was about 14 or 15. Of but, course. Uh, what I do became a necessity for me if I wanted to get from point A to B, which was mainly from point A being my house and B being the beach or something like that. <laughs> there so, you go. Did you grow up in California? I did grow up in California. Yeah, so did so I. The beach yeah. is one of my favorite places or yep. up in the Sierras fishing. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
and that kind of just led me down my path. I just, uh, I, I never grew up saying I wanted to be a, a mechanic or uh, an artist or a, uh, you know, a, a television personality. I really didn't know what I wanted to do, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's kind of like my hands just did the uh, the work for me and led me into the direction that I needed to go. And then I started realizing I had a really good eye for, for cars and the way that, you know, I would fix them up and make them look. And, and uh, you know, all my friends were always asking me to do something. And I guess that's how you you know that you're good at something is when your family and friends are always asking you to do free stuff. Right. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I understand. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it was, uh, I just started, to, you know, I was working at a place uh, when I was younger, my early 20s, and I started working on diesel stuff a little bit here and there. And then, um, you know, that was kind of a part-time deal where I was servicing vehicles and found that I, you know, got more and more interested in them and it led me to my job where I was at uh, for 15 years doing heavy-duty diesel mechanic repair. Mm-hmm. You know, I was building engines. I was building 40-foot flatbeds. I was fabricating everything under the sun. I was painting them. I was building transmissions, rear ends, tank trucks, wow. uh, pump systems, vacuum systems. You know, I was learning it all. I was doing it all. The greatest part about it is I was getting paid to learn. Well, yeah, you, know? you were in training <laughs> for what you're yeah, doing now. Yeah, I really was. I really was. And and I realized it early on that, wow, all I got to do is tell my boss, yeah, I can do that. And he says, go for it. Sure. You know, and, and so I, I figured... Well, I can't do any more damage because it's broke. So all I can do is fix it from here. You know what I mean? Oh, so, yeah. So uh, I learned how to figure that out really quick. Uh, so that was, you know, my mechanical experience. But in the meantime, in my garage at home, I always seemed to have some kind of custom hot rod or car going on. Sure, you know? your passion. Uh, my passion. Everyone knew I was really good at it. And I had had friends of the family that had always said, you know, when you start your shop, I got a couple projects for you. And um, the corporate thing uh, was, uh, you know, where I was at, I was there for 15 years doing the diesel thing. We sold to an investment firm in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And it became really corporate. And I didn't get along with them because, you know, I just spent the the last 15 years reinventing the wheel. And uh, now they wanted to, or inventing the wheel and making it, roll really good and now they came in and they wanted to reinvent it so uh, i was yeah you know i was trying to save them time and money but then you find out about corporate america it's not all about saving time and money they really don't care about it it's about tax write-offs and yep. just moving the money around you know yeah so, yeah so that didn't last long what i love about your story is it's what cars yeah is really about and it's that entrepreneurial spirit of Somebody kind of pulling up their bootstraps and, and taking that those years of learning and going out on their own. And that's what you did next, right? That's what I did next. You know, it, it kind of paved the road for me. I, I mean, I was really too scared, to be honest with you, because, you know, I'm married with three kids and I was living a, a nice life mm-hmm. and I was comfortable and I was making, you know, uh, six figures a year with the company car. And uh, so when that rug got pulled out from underneath me, <laughs> I had just step. had back surgery as well. Oh, goodness. Yeah, it was kind of like, what do I do? You know, and I, I'd always wanted a hot rod shop, but I always pictured it later in life after retirement, you mm-hmm. know, not having to survive on it. You right. Know? Yeah. Because the worst thing you can do is start a business with your hobby, mm. you know, because. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it no longer becomes your hobby. You know, right. you get tired of it. It becomes another business. Yep. 
Exactly. So, but I did it. You know, I just I just took the the leap of faith and jumped right into it. And uh, and I'm not going to tell you it was easy because it was not easy. Never it, is. It's been, yeah. it's been a very challenging road. Yeah, I've done you know some big celebrity name vehicles and cars and stuff like that. But you know, uh, it's it's a lot of work. Nothing changed with my bills at home. So of I course. had to jump right in <laughs> and make something happen to where I was making that much money. And I knew. That was at the time the economy was tanking, and mm. I knew I wasn't going to be able to go get a job making what I was making, being yeah. a diesel mechanic, you know, at, at just at some average Joe shop. So I had yeah. to do something. Well, it's so cool. It's so cool what you did. I, I love it. And we're going to get into it a little bit more, but I, I'd love to ask you uh, for a success quote. It's something I always do when we get started here at Cars, yeah, and It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning. So, Bodie, take the wheel. You know, <laughs> I, I have my guys ask me all the time here, the younger guys that, that are good and really want to know what it's, you know, how to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, the best thing I tell them is stay at one place as long as you can, longevity. Don't go to 10 or 15 different jobs in a year. And then show that on your resume. Bad deal. Mm-hmm. And just hard work. Hard work always pays off. Nothing is easy. There's no such thing as a get rich quick scheme. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, one of the questions we're going to talk about here coming up is a challenge. And I'm sure you've had many in your life. But I'd love for you at first to tell me about a pivotal moment in your life that instigated your passion for cars. You talked about taking your dad's truck out for a drive and growing up in a family with cars and hot rods and bikes but is there a moment you can think of in your life that you really knew you were a car guy you know yeah it's it's when i first start when i got married and i started my job my real job as a diesel technician i just knew that this is what i want to do a wrench belongs in my hand a torch <laughs> belongs and a welder belongs in my hand it just because when i'm doing all of the above i disappear you know i find that that Zen place in my mind, and it's uh, the world. World disappears, my problems disappear, and I realized this is what I love to do. And I, you know, yeah. I had a friend, one of my best friends, that would always say to me because I was always at pick apart over here at the junkyard, <laughs> and he'd always say to, and I was there on the weekends, and he'd say to me, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean. So, so I knew I had a rare sickness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of my guests here on cars, yeah share in that sickness i do too and it is great when you're doing something you love and you're passionate about you do get lost in it and it just becomes a soul focus it's kind of like when you're racing a car riding a motorcycle you have to be so focused on what you're doing that the rest of all the world's issues and problems just kind of evaporate and i think that's what makes it so darn special you know you talked about how hard it is when you're an entrepreneur and starting your own business i've heard this over and over again i understand it I've done that in my life. Let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down, and I'd love for you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced in in running your business and share that with us. But the most important part of it has to do with how did you overcome it and what did you learn from it? (laughs) I don't know if I truly ever overcome any of them. (laughs) I don't know if I actually learned anything either. No, I'm just kidding. You know, there's so many, it, you know, it, this is a very challenging business. This is much different than diesel. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the diesel thing, we had 450 pieces of equipment, trucks, trailers, 
and they were all standard. So you could go to buy parts over the counter, you know, when you needed something, and you could have the truck up and running the next day. This is much different, much, mm-hmm. much different. Now it's all dependent on mail order. You can't run down to the local auto parts and, and buy the, the, the parts you need. So it, that becomes very challenging because you have a car sitting on the floor taking up valuable real estate, you know, could be for weeks waiting for one part. Yeah. And uh, it, it's just very challenging. It's becoming more and more challenging, you know. And uh, the other thing is, is getting paid for your time. In this business, it's a, we do custom stuff. You know, we do a lot of custom metal work. Right. Uh, we'll take on a job, for instance, and it, the car will be painted and somebody wants a quote. So I give them a quote based on what I see. And then all of a sudden we take the car apart, we sandblast it and find that the only thing... Full of holes. Yeah, the only thing holding it together was Bondo, you yeah. know, and some chicken wire, you know, or beer cans. We've come across it all. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it, it, it makes it very challenging because now you got to call the customer back up and you got to guess at how long it's going to take because there's no book. It's not like a dealership where you open up the book and it says, okay, it's going to take, you know, 1.5 hours to change this water pump, you know, yeah. and that's what you build a customer for. So it's very challenging. You know, I, I'd like to say we do a very good job at getting close, mm-hmm. but um, there always seems to be that problem, you know, that occurs, you know, and then at the end, you know, just because you buy these parts that, you know, you buy this part, uh, somebody has made this aftermarket part for this car. The problem is, is they don't know what you've done to that car. They don't know that you've cut the firewall out, lowered the motor, set it back four or five inches, now you have to change, you know, the angle or the position that that part was made for. Right. So it's challenging, and a lot of people don't understand. They think, well, okay, it says here you bought it. Didn't you just bolt it on? Mm-hmm. How long? That could only take five minutes, and you're right. like, oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, you're right, but that did take me 16 hours <laughs> because I had to do this, this, and this, you know. So there's a lot of challenges to overcome this this business. There's a lot of variables, and I think that's the most challenging part about it. Sure. I've had a lot of guests on the show who are builders and restorers and and fall into the same category that you're sharing with me. And I hear that a lot from them is you just don't know what you're getting into until you really start pulling the car apart and, and putting it together. So it's a, a, it's every project is like a new learning curve, if you will. It really is. And if we truly build the customer for the actual hours we do have in the car, and the do-overs and the, you know, making it happen and the head-scratching, oh, my God, people <laughs> would be paying a million dollars a car. Yeah. And they don't understand that. I realize they're still paying a lot of money, but they don't try to understand our side where, you know, we're really not getting paid for every minute or every hour right. we have in the car. It's where that old saying, um, if it were easy, everybody would be doing it. Just try to just try to tear a car apart and rebuild it, and you'll understand. I think so. Yeah, Totally. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share one of those aha moments in your career. It's one of those times when the headlights came on and illuminated your way for a new idea or a direction that you had. It could have been when you decided to start your own business, but I'd love for you to tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into your success. You know, I guess recently I've I've kind of had some aha moments, you know, but it it's funny because I tell people where I'm at now, I wanted to be eight years ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's just taking you a little longer than you thought. Yeah, you know, I guess you get to a certain point, you know, it, it is true, the old saying, the harder you work, you know, the, the better things get. Yes. 
and, it, and it's true. And, you know, I've been waiting and I've experienced it in the other business I was in as well because I was a partner as well. This was different. It took a little longer. And now we've kind of reached it and you can feel it. And I guess that's maybe my aha moment because now the phone's ringing. We got plenty of work. We've got, you know, tons of great stuff in the works. My suspension, I guess my, uh, I guess, you know what, uh, my aha moment would be my upper control arm design with my new Easy Align in it that I just got a, a patent on. Oh, cool. That would be my aha moment. Yeah. Because it was like, how come nobody's done this? You know, it's such a pain in the butt to set your camera and caster on all these aftermarket suspension kits mm-hmm. that I came up with something simple. <laughs> and, I was, and it takes five minutes to adjust your camera and caster. And I was like, aha, why, you know, how come nobody thought about this? You all invented a better mousetrap. <laughs> That's all I did. That's all I did. I sat there and I was thinking, God, there's got to be a, a better way. So I, you know, I spent probably the last three or four years just trying different things and trying to make different things work. And, and we, I, I believe we did it. We've, yeah. we're, we're pretty much there. So oh, it's very cool. You know, I had Steve Mole, who's a, another builder in California on the show. And, oh, yeah, I know Steve. Yeah, and he said something very similar in the sense that when you get to that last 10% of a project, you've got to be just as excited as you were with the first 90% and just, you know, that, yeah. that stick-to-itiveness that you have to do. And that's yeah. why I love your, your line about, I wish I'd been eight years ago where I am now, but it just is a testament to this thing, this entrepreneurship, this business ownership takes a lot of time and work, and it's always a lot longer than you think. There are no overnight successes, as you said at the beginning of our talk, and uh, it's very true. How about proudest moments? I assume you've had many, and I talked about uh, the awards you won there at SEMA, but is there a moment you can think of that was really your proudest with your business? Oh, that's a tough question because, you know, I'm always proud of what we do and what my team does. You know, the SEMA award was probably one of my proudest moments. And it and it was unexpected. You know, I really that was my first time I'd ever been to SEMA with any kind of vehicle, and to knock it out of the park like that. You know, because I I don't play politics or anything like that. So I I you know the car shows and the trophies and stuff I've never been into them. Mm-hmm. So that was the reason that was such a proud moment because it was unexpected. And you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. Other than that, um, a proud moment would be. God, there's there's several, you know. A lot of the cars that we've done, they aren't just a bolt-together car, you know. There's, some of them are highly modified, you know, uh, a lot of technology in them today, today's technologies. And uh, every, every one of them made me proud. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, very cool. Well, again, congratulations on the SEMA Award. I've been, to, I've been to the SEMA show for the last 23 years in a row, and I've seen some amazing things, and the competition level there is so high. And for you to oh, go yeah. for you to go there for the first time, and as you say, knock it out of the park. Kudos to you and your team. It's absolutely fantastic. You. You're yeah, welcome. Yeah. Hey, let's have a little fun here. What was your first really special car? It may have been your first car, but the car that really meant something to you, something you really worked hard to get, and maybe you could share a memory you had with that vehicle. Um, that'd probably be my 61 uh, Volkswagen bus. It was uh, an 18-window that I had built from the ground up. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was the car, you know. To get it, I had to literally dig it out of my friend's backyard. There was no motor. There was no transaxle. There was no suspension. <laughs> oh, it gosh. Was literally, 
half buried in the dirt. So when we pulled it out, the sides were rotted out. There was big holes in it. And my friend thought I was nuts. He's like, <laughs> yeah, you can have it. You know, yeah. I, I literally spent a day and a half just pulling it out. Oh, my gosh. But I had always seen a vision for that thing. I'd actually lived with my friend for uh, a few years and uh, had always looked at it and always dreamed about doing it. Well, the time had finally come. And, you know, I pulled that thing out. I built that thing. I had fun building it. And then it was my daily driver for a couple of years. Oh, and, cool. Uh, yeah, until it got stolen. <laughs> oh, no. But, uh, yeah, you know, it was, but it was awesome. It was, the, I have tons of memories at the beach with it. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, the barn doors open and you got, uh, you got a bed made in there and you, it's at night and you got the campfire and you got the beach, you know, it's just. Uh, Being a fellow Californian, I grew up on the beach surfing down in Southern California. I can, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, buddy. <laughs> I can right? see the whole thing. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I wish I was there right now. It's yeah, just, uh, or down in Baja. <laughs> I, I don't know. And the VW bus, for some reason, is kind of like an iconic California vehicle. Oh, of Even course. though it's a German vehicle, for some reason, California took it and made it that iconic surf vehicle. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, my, my surf car when I was a kid in high school was a Carmen Ghia that I had, and a friend of mine helped, oh, me, nice. helped me rebuild it and paint it. So I understand. It wasn't as cool as a bus because you could sleep in a bus. It's kind of hard to sleep in a Carmen yeah. Ghia. <laughs> not, <laughs> yeah. Not much uh, my room. wife had one of those. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great cars. I'd love to have one again. How about yeah. seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle that you've let go over the years that you really wish you could have back in the garage? That bus. That bus. Well, of course, that was stolen, yeah. so you never found it again. Huh? No, I actually I actually found it. Oh. And, uh, yeah, I found it uh, about uh, two or three months later. Oh, my goodness. Uh, a cable repair guy came, and uh, he had his girlfriend come up to the door and said, uh, or a cable installer guy, he came, sent his girlfriend to the door, and uh, she says, hey, my boyfriend knows where your bus is. And I said, how does, who's your boyfriend and yeah. how does he know where my bus is? And she said, he saw it at the paint shop when you were painting it. He has a bus, so he loved your bus. Oh. Well, he was doing installing cable in an apartment down in uh, um, like Eagle Rock area, and he said it's there under a cover. And I was like, yeah, what are the odds of that? And wow. sure enough, I went down there. I turned the corner. There it was under a cover. Oh, my goodness. So you got it back. I got it back, but they did a pretty good job of destroying it. Oh, so oh. I, I, I sold it. Oh, goodness. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, but you know what? I have a 56, uh, 23 window that uh, I'm restoring right now. It also has been part of the family, my friends and I, three of us, uh, over the years, probably since high school, we've had that bus. So a lot of good memories in it as well, and it's my turn to redo it. And um, so it's all bare metal right now, and I'm fixing all the body rot and everything else. Very cool. Can't wait to see it when it's done. That's great. How, How about current projects? Is there something you guys are working on? your shop right now that really has you excited and fired up that you can share with us? Um, I have a couple. We have a, uh, a 63 and a half Ford uh, Galaxy. We put a uh, 420, it's a real 427 R code vehicle. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, we've, we've cleaned it up really nicely. It still has a, a stock appearance under the hood, but it's just super simple and clean. Mm-hmm. And we put a, uh, a camera, a sock, 427 sock motor in it. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. 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 So it's uh, it's putting out about 850 horsepower. Oh my and, gosh. Uh, we're, yeah, we're coming. We're nearing the end to it. We're waiting for the Brembo brakes. So yeah, you're gonna, the brakes <laughs> you're gonna need them. You're gonna need them to stop yeah, that Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow! And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm hoping to show that one at SEMA this year. Oh, fun. 
Cool. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. And then we have a, uh, a 67 Ford Fairlane that's just completely uh, absurd and wild. It's uh, we're, we're hoping to show it in bare metal. We've we've done a lot of custom work to it, a lot of custom sheet metal work to it. It's crazy. <laughs> it's another 427, a side oiler, and it's got a, a pro charger on it. It's making about a thousand horsepower. So, oh my gosh, man, the stuff you yeah, guys so those build are fun. is t- the the builds that are coming out of your place are absolutely insane. <laughs> it's just incredible. I love it. Yeah, I mean, but we do we do stock stuff as well. You know, we do factory stuff. We put it back to original. It's just, I love all cars pre-72. So anything anybody wants to do, I'll do it. Ah, I love it. You know, 67 has a special place in my heart because my first two cars as a kid were 67s. I had a 67 Chevy Nova and then the 67 Carmen Ghia that I talked about. So uh, great years for those cars, the 60s. Man, just they built some great stuff. Now, here's a really fun question for you, Bodie. If you were a car... What kind of car would you be and why? And this isn't so much about the car you wish you were, but what would you be if you were a car based on your personality and your traits and who you are? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a question I've never been asked. Well, good. Um, <laughs> That's good. Gosh. Uh, what, who would I, what would I be? God, I don't know. That's a... Uh... <laughs> I'd have to say uh, the car I would be is a, is a good old-fashioned 56 Ford pickup. Um, <laughs> Very cool. And why I would just, that be? Because I, I'm, I too, am just a simple guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not, uh, I, and I always seem to be throwing crap in the back. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, whether it's, uh, you know, the family or whatever, it's just, um, you know, I'm just a simple guy. I, I'm, I'm not a... Uh, I have so many visions, and when you asked me that question, so many cars just went flashing through my head. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know what though? I I have two bullet nose nose fifty seven shit, or I have two bullet nose nineteen fifty uh, Studebakers. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, and I'd have to say that those would be that that's the car I would be just because of their character. Okay. They yeah. have a lot of character. Yeah, they do. Very much so. Well, I can see that. I, I think that works. Yeah, because I consider myself pretty animated the way I talk and, you know, get excited about stuff. And uh, so, yeah, I would say the character would resemble a Studebaker. <laughs> Great answer. I love it. So, Bodie, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, here's a word from our sponsor. Carpe Viem. Seize the road. It's the motto at CarpeGear.com where you'll find The Little Red Racing Car, an award-winning book written and illustrated by passionate car guy Dwight Knowlton. It's a spectacular way to introduce children to the love of cars. It's an international award winner, and Yahoo Autos calls it the best kid's book ever. Plus, it's printed in the USA. I may be an adult, but this kid loves The Little Red Racing Car. Dwight is finishing a second book in collaboration with Sir Sterling Moss about the story of his record-breaking win of the 1955 Mille Miglia. Check out Dwight's Carpe Viem brand where you can find his books, shirts, and more that embrace his seize the road philosophy. Enjoy Carpe Viem at carpegear.com and be sure to sign up for his newsletter while you're there. That's carpegear.com, C-A-R-P-E, gear.com. 
All right, we're back, Bodie, and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some really quick blips of the throttle answers, kind of a stream of consciousness type thing. Are you ready? Oh, boy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, my brain don't operate that fast. Go for it. <laughs> what is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Learn how to weld. Ah, yes. Very important for a guy who's out in the garage or a gal working on their cars. Could you share yep. one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? Finishing. Finishing. And what do you mean yep. by that? By finishing a job. Finish what you start. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Very much so. Love it. Do you have a resource that you're really fond of that you think the Car Show listeners would really enjoy? Maybe it's a website. It's a supplier you use. It could be as simple as a phone app. That would be probably Magnaflow, uh, their their wall of authority. Ah, yes. I che- I'm always checking out their stuff. They always have something new that's going on, and they you know they really get into the hot rod world. And yeah, so I, I'd say them. Great company, great products. Yeah. Would you share a book with our listeners that you've read that you've really enjoyed? You think they would would like as well? Ooh, James and the Giant Peach. <laughs> now that's my a- favorite book as a kid, and it's probably the last book I've read. <laughs> Not much of a book reader. <laughs> that's okay. You know, that's the first time I've heard that here on Cars. Yeah, that's pretty cool, James. There you go. Well, I, maybe I it'll maybe <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll give some of the same visions I grew up with. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it helps. Maybe it helps d- define me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I had a guest here on Cars. Yeah, in fact, he's a sponsor right now, Dwight T. Knowlton. He wrote a great kids' book, The Little Red Racing Car, and. I wish oh, I I wish I had had that book when I was a kid. When I was a kid, my parents bought me Chitty Chitty Bang Bang by Ian Fleming, oh, yeah. who, of course, is known for the James Bond uh, books and, yeah. and movies and things. And I still have that copy of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. It's, it was, I read it so many times. The edges are all frayed and everything. But, uh, you That's know, awesome. some, sometimes those books we had as a kid really stand out. So James and that the Giant Peach, for, that's a first yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. For some it. reason, that book just was my favorite in the whole world. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's really great. Well, listeners, yeah. you can find links to all these great resources, including James and the Giant Peach, at com slash Bodie Stroud. All right, Bodie, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy for a car guy like you and me. If you could only have one collector car in your garage... But don't worry about the cost, because today I will buy you whatever you'd like. What would that one vehicle be, and why? Once again, boy, you just you. There's so there's so many. I know. Well, we know. I tell people when it's hard to choose. Okay, you've got to choose today. It's just for today. Okay, so you know what what's what's tickling your fancy today? Oh, gosh. Um, i gotta be careful how i say this too because i'm a builder and i know how the diehard chevy guys are and how the diehard ford guys are so you you want to kind of stay neutral i'm gonna say my studebaker my bullet nose studebaker oh wow okay i'll pro street it out ah okay so built out real custom then yeah yeah okay no no not a stock one because they're ugly as could be stock (laughs) it's got to be built up well what is it about the studebaker that tugs on your heart so much i don't know you know when i was younger um my an ex-girlfriend of mine her dad was into cars and he's kind of a reason i got started as well because they were always around Mm -hmm. you know 
uh, and he was in a truck club, and um, we were always going to car shows. And one day he showed me a picture of a bullet-nosed Studebaker all pro-streeted out, and it was kind of like a cartoonish picture. And that picture has stuck in my head for over 30 years now. Wow. Cool. Crazy, huh? Yeah. Well, I hope you get to build that someday. Let me know. Just send me the bills. I don't care how many hours it takes. You know, just send me okay, the monthly perfect. bills. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take, awesome. I'll Thank take you care. very much, You're man. welcome. You're welcome. Because <laughs> I, I want your dreams to come true. That's what we're all about here at Cars. Oh, yeah, man. So. <laughs> Gosh, you're the first. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. Uh, I, but as far as my address, we're kind of losing losing connection here. I can't hear really well anymore. I'm going to have to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Goodbye. See you later. Oh, great. Well, Bodie, you've taken me on a great ride today. I knew you would, and I've so enjoyed talking with you and your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your entrepreneurial journey with the Cars Yacht listeners and with me. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Studebaker? Oh, man. Keep the pedal to the metal and always keep moving forward. Yes, absolutely. I love it. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your company? Uh, you can check us out at bodystroud.com. That's www.bodystroud.com. And you can also check us out on Facebook forward slash bodystroud. Um, we're on Instagram and Twitter as well. So you pretty much find out everything you need to know about us uh, uh, through any of those, uh, those mediums. Great. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to all of these connections to bodystroud at carsyad.com. Just put Bodie in the search box. He's the only Bodie on Cars Yeah so far, so his show notes page will pop right up, and you can find links to everything that he shared with us. Hey, Bodie, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Okay, thanks, Mark. I really appreciate you having me on the show. It was a great time. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, thank you so much. Okay, you got it. Talk soon. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.